0: You're listening to the Centre Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. I, I want to read a few passages of scripture, all based in Psalms. And I, I just want to see if you can catch a theme, a theme of these passages. Okay. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Wait for the Lord and keep His way. He will exalt you, inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I wait for you, O Lord. You will answer me, O Lord my God. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. I wait for the Lord. O my soul waits. In His word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord. More than the watchman waits for the morning. More than the watchman waits for the morning. Do you pick out a theme in that passage? Which one of these words did you hear most often? It's a quiz this morning, and it's wait. Wait. I I think by nature none of us like to wait. I I think I'm someone who particularly enjoys speed. Um, I enjoy things that happen quickly. I don't like to be frustrated in in times of kind of having to wait. And I have a little bit of an omission to make this morning, a confession, as it were. Uh, I was picking up Caleb from his prom on Thursday evening, and I was behind someone traveling from here to Hassocks who was traveling at a speed that was far too slow. Was that one of you? I hope not. As I was traveling, now this was like 11.30 at night, and I was driving along and painfully slow. And we get to Haseks, so and I'm just thinking, oh, I'm wishing that they turn left or right at that, that junction. And they do. They turn left. And I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. So I accelerated because I thought, freedom. No one's on the road except for this lonely bike behind me. That bike happened to be a police officer behind me <laughs> who was out at night patrolling to keep our roads safe from... Reckless people driving to pick up their kids from proms. Anyways, I I sped ahead through Hassocks, the 30 mile an hour zone. That I may have pushed a little past that in my my need for speed after travelling at very slow um, mileage an hour up to that point. Anyways he turned on his lights. And, oh, stink! So I started pulling over, and he he didn't actually know probably how fast I was going because he was on the bike, and so he just kind of waved me to slow down. Right. Point being is, that I got impatient, which led me to do something I shouldn't have done. Sorry, Lord. I make my confession before all of you, that I might be healed and set free from this, this thing. I'm sure all of us have done similar sorts of things, where you get frustrated, and you, and that impatience of what's going on leads you to do things that you later regret. Sometimes those can be big Regrets. But there's this thing that God calls us to do, which is to wait. And that waiting doesn't come as a default mechanism in all of our lives. But actually, waiting is something that we have to learn. There's a discipline in learning to wait. And I think actually waiting requires more faith often than going. How many of you discovered that? I think often waiting because we don't know when the answer is going to come. We don't know when that breakthrough is going to happen, and so there's something in us that says, "Well, we—I'm getting impatient with this, and so somehow I'll work it out on my own because God is obviously too slow in responding to this, into into this." And so we have this this culture. We have this growing up. A mentality, I think, that we, we want things now. And we think that even God, if we put in the right equation, He's some like a vending machine. If we pray the right prayers, if we fast him out, boom, 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 the answer will come. But God has His own timing that's often very different to ours. And in these moments of life, God is wanting to do something that's in a bigger perspective than we can often see. And that's the challenge for us, because we have this finite understanding. We have this finite perspective. And God says, I, I want you to trust me. I want you to walk with me on a journey. I, I want you to know my heart. I want to do some heart surgery in your life. I want you to teach you something. And these moments, God says, I just want you to wait. Now, we, we don't have to look too far in Scripture to see people that had the same challenge. We see Abraham and, and Sarah before they, they had the child. Uh, you know, before Isaac came along, they, they felt they needed to help the process along, and so Ishmael came as a result of that need to somehow fulfill this this plan of God. But then we also see another great example of, of the the first king of Israel, Saul, and probably many of us know this story very well. and And Saul had had uh, his son had kind of made a uh, an issue with the the armies. Uh, the philistines uh, the philistines and uh, they came out to fight israel and they were so numerous as sand on the seashore and and samuel was the one that was the spokesperson for god he was the one to inquire of the lord he was the one that when you need to hear from god you go to samuel samuel was the prophet he was the one who who knew god's heart and and could could mediate between the two and so Samuel is is summoned, and it's and Saul is told a date that he would be coming in a certain amount of time, and uh, we pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 13. I apologize, it's not going to be on the screen this morning, so you're going to have to turn to other means to, to find that, uh, so whether that's on your phone, not Facebook, but on your phone, Bible app, or, or your Bible, as it were. Um, we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 13, and we're going to read just as verses 8 to 15. And just the tail end of verse seven, it says, Saul remained in Gilgal, and all the troops were with him, were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. So who said to wait for seven days? Samuel did. Right? Samuel did. He waited seven days, and, uh, he got, but he didn't come to Gilgal. So, and Saul's men began to scatter. And so you can just well imagine the situation. They've got all these, army forces of the enemy against them. They're all lined up in kind of old school military tactics. They lined up on one side of the field and Israel was on the other. And, and the Israelites, the army, starts to scatter around Saul. And if you were Saul, I think you would equally start to panic. You were outnumbered to start with. And now even who you did have starts to quake in fear and starts to leave you. And you feel exasperated because Samuel said he was going to be there in seven days. They're watching the clock count down. Seven days come and go. And Samuel still didn't show up. Now, whether he fell asleep or he, he was old at this point. So maybe he forgot. It could happen. They have this moment. And so verse nine says, so he said, bring me the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished. Oh, just as he finished. Just as you pass through the red light or the green light and the person turns left and just as that happens and you keep going fast and the, just at that moment, the police come. No, Saul shows up. Sorry. Samuel offered up the burnt offering. There we go. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. Let's read this correctly. Um, and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and the Philistines were assembled in Mikmash, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt, the burnt offering. You have acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel all time, for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Then Samuel left Gilgal and went up to um, Gibeah in Benjamin and Saul counted the men who were with him. They numbered 600. Not many. Now here's some things that I think we can learn when it comes to waiting and learning this aspect of waiting with the Lord, even from what we gain of this passage. One of the things that when we feel compelled to make a decision, if fear is the motivator, we'll always get it wrong. As a rule of thumb, as a believer, if God has said one thing to us and fear is motivating us to do something else, we will always get it wrong we will always lead to something that was less than what God had originally intended. Because when God sets something in motion, when he says something to us, and now in this sense, Samuel was the representative of God. And so in a sense, God was late in showing up in this moment to Saul. But all Saul needed to do was wait. That's all he needed to do, just simply wait. But fear motivated him to do something that he was not called to do or appointed to do, which led to disastrous consequences, not for him, just him alone, but also for his descendants. He was going to be cut off. Uh, his family line were going to be cut off from, from the throne. There was an ending point because he couldn't be trusted. You know, for you and for me, I think we all hit these moments when, when it seems like we need to take action. It hasn't been very long that I've I've met with various people over the years that have have said things like I I need to to be with this person because if I don't, I will be alone. I I need to choose for this relationship, even though this relationship is not a good relationship, but I fear of being alone. And so I'm going to do this because I don't want to be alone. What's the fear? The fear is being alone instead of waiting for what God has or the right person to come along. I've heard people taking jobs that weren't the right kind of jobs, or moving when they shouldn't have moved, all because of fear of what could be the outcome if they just continued to wait. And yet, then I've also seen people who've chosen to wait for the God to bring the right person along, or God to bring that baby along, or God to 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 in, intervene in in the moments when they call out and God do something that surpasses their expectation. You see, there's something about when God answers and God comes through, it is phenomenal. And it is always worth the wait. You see, God was going to deliver Israel from the Philistines. And even if there were 600, even if it was just Saul and Jonathan on their own, God would have delivered them if they just waited. There was a great miracle just waiting to happen. They just needed to wait. And for you and for me, there are times when God says, don't be motivated by fear. And maybe right now you're in a situation where you're just at the heart of making a decision. Can I encourage you not to make a decision based upon fear of the what ifs? But make a decision based upon what God has said to you already. If he says to wait, then wait. Not not kind of pushing forward the agenda, the 12th hour, the 13th hour. They belong to God. God. You see, the second thing of, of waiting, one is not making a, a decision based out of fear. But the second is, is being obedient to what God has said in the, in the first place. If we look at the book of Acts and, and the disciples, Jesus had uh, was just about to ascend to heaven. And what does he tell the disciples to do? To wait. He doesn't say, how long. He doesn't say, he doesn't give any other criteria, but just wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. What is the Holy Spirit? They hadn't experienced the Holy Spirit. They didn't even know what they were waiting for. Right? So they come and they, they join together in prayer and expectation. Day one goes by, day two goes by, grade three, to, you know, day four, day five, day six, day seven, week one, week two, week three. And you start to wonder, I if I was them, if you were them, if you were one of the 120 waiting in that room, you're thinking, hold on, what are we waiting for? Do we have it already? I don't know. Do you have, I don't have it. Do you feel anything? I don't feel anything. How do we know if we got it? Surely. If we were having to wait in this room every day for that amount of time, we would have questioning, what are we waiting for exactly? Surely we have the truth. Surely we've got what we need. Yes, we saw Jesus rise from the dead. Yes, we've... What are we waiting for? Jesus knew what they needed. And they needed to simply be obedient to the last command. And I think for you and for me, the other thing we can do is we can fall air in wanting to step ahead of what God has last said. Instead of waiting for God to continue to work out the plan according to his timetable, we mustn't step ahead of what he's doing, what he's saying, when he's saying it. And so one of the the questions I have for you this morning is, what has God last spoke to you and are you still waiting in that space? Or are you starting to move ahead of the Lord at this juncture? God is wanting us to stay in step with him, to stay in step with his spirit. But it is a challenge for us to just be obedient to the last thing he's told us to do. It's not easy to wait. It would have been easy for the disciples to pick up and go out and just start spreading the gospel because they, they, they had the understanding and yet they didn't receive the Holy Spirit. You know, some, sometimes I think we can wonder, why are things in my life not working out? When if we look back far enough, we realize we didn't listen to the last instruction. And if you've ever been honest with yourself, I've had moments in my life where I've been, I've had to be honest with myself and they actually, why is this going pear-shaped right now? God, where are you? Oh, you were way back there when you told me to wait. And I'm journeying on all my own in the woods, lost completely, knowing, nowhere, nowhere you know, do I see the Lord working? And I realized actually God was way back there when he said, just wait for me. Just wait, wait, wait here. Let me bring it about. You see, in being obedient is then also understanding that God has a timing that's different than our own. Uh, Samuel had set forth a timing to to Saul as to these seven days, but actually, there, there was a testing for Saul at this moment. He didn't realize Saul was being tested, did he? But the word had already come to Samuel. When Samuel came, he had a word from the Lord at this moment. And had Saul just been faithful to be obedient and trust in the timing of God, he would have had a kingdom that endured. And yet, he just couldn't let go. Of control and just let God have his way. And so I want to encourage you equally that there's a perfect timing for God's will to be accomplished in our lives. And, and he doesn't want us to fast forward the process. You see, there's this the waiting, as I said earlier, there's a waiting process that we go through in life. And in that time, God wants to do something in our hearts that maybe even in this lifetime we don't see. But in God's big eternal picture, he sees what needs to be accomplished in us. And so to wait is a difficult thing, but God encourages us to wait patiently before Him, to, to trust Him, to, to trust in His amazing timing that is very different than ours. I really wish that in everything that we did in following Jesus, that we could just pray it and it would happen. That God would say it and it would come to fruition. Wouldn't it be amazing? Come to church, there's a prophetic word, boom, boom, boom. One week later, we're, we're on our way, you know, and life just goes really fast. But even as we see with the Israelites in taking the promised land, God took them the long way around, right? He took them not the short, quick journey because he was aware that when the enemies, when they had to fight, they they wouldn't know the Lord and they would just go back to Egypt. He needed to do something in their hearts. And so he took them the long way and the long way and the long way until they learned to trust him. They learned to wait upon him. They learned to put their whole trust in who he was And so in God's timing for the Israelites, there was a timing God had for them to enter the promised land, which wasn't as quick as they may have thought. If they had looked, if they had Google Maps at that time on their mobile devices, they would have saw Moses were going the wrong way. This is the long way. This is the scenic route through the desert. We could go a much quicker, more direct route. And in fact, Moses, we've got a Red Sea issue. We should go around a different way. Yet God has something in his timing he wanted to do. You know, Habakkuk, when we read Habakkuk 2.3, he was frustrated with God because all these, these words had been given over Israel and, and over the nations of, of God's judgment. And he was frustrated that this hadn't happened. And this is what God's word was for him. He says, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. You know, we wanna, we wanna fast forward God's promises in our lives. But God's word and His encouragement for us this morning is just to wait. Wait for His fulfillment. Wait for God to do what He can do. Don't, don't try to push forward God's agenda. Let God push forward His own agenda in His time. We need to wait. But then there's, there's waiting and there's waiting patiently. I, I've discovered there's a difference between waiting and waiting patiently. What's the difference between those two? Patience. I gave it away with what I said. There's patiently waiting and there's waiting. Waiting. Right, You can be waiting but frustrated, but patiently waiting is just a stillness that comes in our spirit. You see, I can be waiting for a bus and be very frustrated that it's not coming when it was expected to be here. And I can be very frustrated. I could be in traffic frustrated, but I can also be patiently waiting, which is a rest. That patience brings in Hebrews 6, 13 to 15. It says, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Sort of patient. There was an Ishmael issue in there, wasn't there? Psalm 40, 40, verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Patience is waiting without worrying or fretting. Patiently waiting is waiting without worrying or fretting about the future. You see, it's us saying, okay, God, I I cast my cares, I cast this burden, I cast this issue, I cast my future into your hands. And although the fear of loneliness or the fear of no job or the fear of this or this or this or this is there, could be there, I choose to trust you and I choose to patiently wait for you to bring the answer. And in that place of patience, we can rest. You see, the, whole, the, the, the Christian journey isn't to be a journey of striving, right? I mean, Jesus said himself, you take my yoke upon you or my, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. There's a sense of, even in the place of waiting, we don't need to feel this burden of waiting, but actually we can find patience and we can find peace in that time of waiting. But as I said earlier, it requires trust. We need to trust. The more we can trust, the more we can wait. If you go to the bus stop, as an example, and the bus is consistently never there and doesn't come on time, you will not trust the bus schedule, correct? Mm-hmm. Or if you go to the train, and the train is always late, you will not trust that the train will be on time. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Now in this country, that never happens. <laughs> so, EasyJet is always on time, the southern rail is always running on time, everything's always on time, so it's easy to trust the system. <laughs> One of the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things we can discover though is that when we walk with God and we choose to wait for Him, we don't step ahead of Him, we wait for Him, we let Him do what He does, and we start to see a consistency of God answering prayer, of God fulfilling His promise, of God doing what only He can do, we start to find that place of peace in our hearts. But it takes at some stage in our lives us learning to wait. Learning to wait. I think when I watch it, someone first come to, the, to know the Lord, you know, I find it a little bit annoying. I don't know if you've ever discovered this, but new Christians seem to have their answers, their prayers answered really quick. How many of you have discovered that? It's like you get a new believer praying for something, and there's answers to prayer immediately. You think this is annoying. They pray for something, boom, they get healed. You just got saved last night. How did you get a healing so quickly? I've been praying for people all the time. The point is, is God is just showing that He can, He can answer prayer. But then as we start to journey with God longer, God says, okay, now's time to learn a little bit of patience and learn a little bit of waiting. And, and waiting builds character and, and waiting does a deeper, it requires a deeper amount of trust. So that actually we become mature. You see, immaturity in our faith requires immediate results to our belief. That I pray and there has to be an immediate result. Where maturity says actually, There can be a testing of my faith, and I know God is still faithful. Even though I don't see a response right now, I know that God is faithful because he says he will do what he says he will do. And so if it doesn't happen today, it's going to happen tomorrow. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, it's going to happen at some point. But I know his word is true. And so even though I'm having to wait, my faith does not waver. It is being tested, but it does not waver. And in that, I have a maturity and a strength in my faith. You see, this is what it's all about. Is that God wants us to put our trust in him. He wants us to walk with him. But he wants us to do it according to his pace and his time scale. He knows where you need to be. He knows what needs to happen. And he is always on time to his schedule. And I don't know who this is for this morning. I wrestled with even sharing this word this morning. thinking I kind of wanted to share something else. But I just really felt this word was for someone. You need to learn to wait as hard as it is. You need to learn to wait upon him, wait patiently for him. And God will do what only he can do. And you know, what? there's something amazing when you have had this as an example in our in the physical realm, when you've had to save for something, you've had to wait for something. Do you not cherish it more than when you had it instantaneously? There's something about when you've had to work for it. There's something that that you've had to dig deep in order for that to come. Actually, there's something about a greater fulfillment that we receive when it does happen. Again, there's some people I know who've waited years for God to bring the right person along. And I tell you what, they cherish that relationship and those kids and those other. Why? Because there was, they chose not to give way to just rushing after something. They chose just to trust God. And when God brought along the right person, wow, what a, what an amazing testimony. What are you maybe waiting for this morning? God is just calling you this morning to just wait for him now waiting is not a passive word it's an active word it, if you're waiting you're you're looking you're watching you're not asleep the disciples were to wait in jerusalem but they prayed they continued to press in there was a there was a they they stayed engaged in the process and so i want to encourage you on that other side of the spectrum in that place of waiting don't fall asleep don't become apathetic. Don't just think, OK, I'm going to switch off now until God does this thing. No, we wait in this expectation early in the morning. We wait for the Lord. We're engaged in this process saying, God, what do you want to do in my life right now? What's happening right now? What are you saying right now? What is it you want to do in this moment in my life? In that time, God can do more than we could dare to dream or imagine.